Awesome. Yeah, there's some great intros. It's great to hear, like Rooster said there, everyone's background and how we got to this point. So if you, if you go back and sort of listen to our trailer or our little description and you've heard our little intros there, you, you, you'll understand what our vibe is. So we're kind of going for trying to build a community, a tribe, get some information out there based on sort of the primal ancestral kind of concept of looking back at our, our evolution and our genetics and sort of saying what we've done back then was quite good. It's developed almost the perf- perfect specimen for this planet. We probably need to go back and, and, and look at those ancestral principles and work out what they are and add them in today to today's sort of modern environment. So I guess sort of kicking off our theme, sort of almost talking about reprogramming the everyday man or the modern man, sort of based around sort of evolution and ancestral living. So I guess for years, you know, you, you kind of told you get, you get certain genes from your parents, you get certain traits, you know, you get your eye colour, you get height, <laughs> you know. You might have some predispositions to some things like heart disease, diabetes, cancer, those kind of things. But, you know, whilst that is true, environment and sort of lifestyle behaviours can really contribute to expressing those genes in a way either good or bad and then sort of, yeah, so if we've sort of got, we've got genes for expressing muscle development. So if, if you don't use those genes, you're not going to develop muscle. If you go out and you train, you're going to develop those muscles. So yeah, lifestyle and environment are a big factor in how our genes are expressed, I guess, is what we're trying to get at. So like I said, we've kind of got the perfect blueprint here, the perfect human. What, what have we been doing wrong? I don't want to start on a, on a negative, but I know we really want to be positive on this podcast and I'll, I guess towards the end we'll talk about sort of how we can kind of fix, fix a few issues and maybe several takeaways, three or four little easy things that we can take away from the episode today and go, okay, well, I'm going to try and introduce these things and improve my life. But I guess the first question I want to ask is, you know, what do we need to fix? I mean, Smith, you've been an Ambo, you've seen a few things out there, you've, you've probably seen a lot of illness and disease how, how do we fix or how do we reprogram the modern man to be better, express our genes as they were intended? I think you've hit the nail on the head and uh, it's hard to nail down one thing that we've done wrong. I think it's a combination of things and I think, uh, as you've pointed out, it's a shift away from uh, natural ancestral health towards modern life. And I think if we look at the, the health statistics, uh, if we go back to the 1950s, we had uh, single-digit numbers for people carrying chronic disease. Now in Australia, it's one in two. So 50% of all our population, uh, children included on average, carry a chronic disease. So clearly we're going off the rails somewhere. And it's a number of things which we'll delve into. I guess that 50% stat too, if you look at testosterone. In 1950s, we had double the testosterone we have now. So obviously something's going wrong. What have we done over the last sort of... 50 to 70 years that has produced chronic illness, dropped our testosterone, and how do we fix it? Basically, our uh, genetic makeup, our genetic structure is the same as what it is. It hasn't changed. When we're living yeah. in caves. That's right, yeah. You know, and we, we spoke about this uh, a few weeks ago, um, how we are still the perfect specimen. But as you were saying, 
lifestyle or environmental factors are, are, are changing that uniqueness. You know, no longer do we live in a cave and, and, and our days revolved around light uh, and, and, the, and the, the, the search for food or nutrition, hunt, yep. you know, the hunt, uh, and, 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 and exercise not for the purpose of exercising but exercise uh, in, in association with hunting or, or gathering. You know, like the walk and the sprint and the and the, the spear throw or something like that. Picking up a rock, building your shelter. You, I think you know, mm. ancestral man would have looked at us and gone, "We're going into a big warehouse with stacks of weights to lift weights to be healthy." When you know, if you look yep. at it, you, you like you say, we would have done those things, sprinted, lifted heavy things, yep, to survive. Gone to bed when the the the, the sun went down. You know, yep. Didn't eat maybe until. Know, early afternoon when a food food was caught, a bit of intermittent fasting probably. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk about. We'll get onto these topics. I mean, that they're definitely topics for a podcast. Um, I guess framing our where we want to go with it. Um, we'll, we'll touch on these other topics a, as we go along. You know, and in your realm there, Mickey, uh, mental health. You know, I mean, you talk about the fifties or or even an earlier generation. You know, mental health, even I'm guilty of neglecting mental health. You know, I've, I've always been predominantly a physical health person and, and I've always sort of considered ah, mental health, you know, she'll be right, you know. Um, and, but I, I find as I get older, uh, that part of my health has, I've, I've noticed I've neglected that, you know, and, and I think that now is, is being more recognised uh, sphere within our health, Mick? I, I totally agree with you. And I think that um, what we what we then, what's really interesting to explore then is, is sort of that, that transgenerational um, skill set or resilience. You know, like we, we deal with certain things in our own age demographic in a certain way. It's probably slightly better than what our, our own fathers did, but in a lot of ways we learn exactly to cope how they coped. Um, and so I see a lot of consistency in sort of um, how our own fathers did things and then how their fathers did things. And, and I think that's the brilliance of coming together like this because I know we're all passionate parents and we're trying to consciously parent um, in order to make sure that our next generations are, are, are able to deal with things like mental health um, as well as physical health uh, in, in a productive way. Yeah. Just getting back to Jonesy's question, I think um, you know if you if you if you're if if the question's being posed, well you know what what would be something? Why are we why are we um, transgressing from health? What I think is is a big change is is you know the ancestral man if he needed if he needed food, he took some self responsibility and he went and found some food, and in relation to health. I think what a lot of people now do is they hand that responsibility on to other stakeholders like their doctor or pharmaceutical companies or, you know, even looking through the COVID period, you know, large masses of people have taken direction, I feel, and it's just my opinion, from the media. Um, and I think that one thing I am, and I know we all are extremely passionate about is is 
have some self-responsibility for your health. Do your own research. If something doesn't work for you, then adjust it. There are other options out there uh, that that might work for you, and they don't have to be um, that you have a headache. You know, a simple example, I've got a headache, I'll take a Panadol. Well, have you got a headache because maybe your neck's out of alignment uh, or something like that? Um, So I think that would be something I think is hugely important is for people to to step up, take their health seriously, take some self-responsibility um, and, and start to implement a lot of the things that I know we'll touch on through, you know, many, many podcasts to come. It's a great point. I think if you look at, if you look at uh, society, we, we want a quick fix. We want the easy out. We want to go to the doctor. Absolutely. If our symptom is we have a headache, like you said, uh, we go to the doctor and they'll prescribe us a, a pill. The yep. doctor gives you seven minutes, you, you, you describe your symptoms and you come out of there with a prescription, you walk over to the pharmacy and you go fulfill that prescription. I guess yep. the whole COVID thing was, was similar. We wanted, we wanted a simple approach. We had a set at the start of that. We need to eat better, move a bit more, go out in the sun. We could probably touch on mental health and, and having a community a bit further on. But if you have those things, you know, what's the worst outcome that could happen or people get a bit better but our, our, our healthcare system is a bit broken in that you go in you get your seven minute consult and you come out with a prescription and that's an easy fix your symptoms are gone yeah the old prevention is better than cure yeah and I, theory and i guess that's what we have all done here is probably either had an issue or some issues and we've gone out and we've we found the solution ourselves uh, maybe we've had a little bit of help but we've 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 like Mickey said, we've taken control of our own health. We've gone out, we've found the solution and can I use the word thriving? We're all thriving humans. Yeah, and, <laughs> and sometimes you're not, you don't even find the solution but it's just the fact that you're willing to go out and, and do some research uh, to try to find a solution and, yeah. and like Mick said, have a go at something, experiment with something, uh, whether that be food you know, or, or exercise instead of just going down that easy option of, of yeah, popping a pill and, and thinking that's going to fix everything, you know. I think what you said there, Mick, is uh, spot on. Uh, people haven't – people have neglected their own responsibility for their own health and, and they leave that responsibility for, for governments or for, for, for medical depart- health departments instead of taking that responsibility for themselves. Uh, and I think that's to the detriment of our of, of society, you know, and I think that's become so abundantly clear in this whole COVID fiasco, you know, with governments um, pushing their their solutions to the problem, whereas you just mentioned there, Chris, was there an advert that you saw on telly during COVID to recommend people go outside, get some, some vitamin D, take some vitamins, exercise, sleep, get have some good nutrition smoke less, drink less. You know, did you see an advert about that? You know, but instead, you know, this whole lockdown process where where they kept people inside, you know, and and you talked about... Contributed to it, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. You know, and what you... I mean, I've had COVID, um, sort of just got over it recently, but I actually felt this urge to get out into the sun when I had it. Uh, I didn't want to be locked in my house. Mm. Um, I needed to get out and get some sunshine and I, that was just a natural urge that I had. Um, you know, I drank a lot of water. Um, I, I took some treatments. 
just to help speed the recovery up. But I knew that I needed to rest. I slept. I didn't train. Uh, and I just looked after my body. You know, and I think people just need to take that, that responsibility for themselves. You know, not, not having to have be spoon-fed by a government organisation with a narrative that I don't know can be questionable. Mm. Is this a symptom of uh, modern life in terms of we're all so busy now? Definitely. Yeah. And yep. this is one of the recurring things that you hear from a lot of people is I don't have time. Exactly, yeah. I think if you look at uh, even man going back to the 50s like we touched on earlier, generally uh, usually the male would go out and be the breadwinner. But we had that more uh, classic nuclear family more often with uh, one partner staying at home and uh, tending to, to the house and everything like that, which inevitably meant that as a family, I think everyone had a little bit more time to get things done. Whereas now the common theme seems to be everybody needs to work. Usually both partners in a, in a Western uh, society household will need to work in order to do things like buy a home and get ahead. And we've got time being taken up by uh, technology and I just feel like a lot of people uh, possibly feel like they don't have the time to prioritise their own health, both physical and mental. And so I do feel like we've got this uh, deferral now where we're almost looking for someone to uh, spoon feed us health, yeah. uh, for want of a better word. I think even if you look at the food we're eating now, uh, there's a move towards more processed, more convenience food. Yep. One, because it's cheaper uh, and easier to obtain. Uh, and two, because it's quicker. Yeah. So we just. Highly palatable. Exactly right. So they've got that combination Addictive. of fat, Addictive sugar, and salt. Dopamine. We know yep. the exact combination we need to make that extremely palatable uh, and almost addictive in nature when you talk about sugar as well. Yeah. And food companies have admitted that, that uh, there is a formula to create an addiction. They sure with, have. Yeah. With yep. their foods. Perfect combination of fat, yep. salt, sugar. I think maybe that's the first takeaway from the episode would be to reduce our processed foods. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Get out, get natural food. I think what Smindy says is is on the money. People are too busy now. I mean, you've got, you know, mum and dad wake up early in the morning, get the kids off to school. Uh, they're in, in the, on, on the road for an hour or so going to work. They work all day. They come home. They might have half an hour to to, you know, spend a bit of time with the kids helping out with homework or, or kick the footy down the park, walk the dog, whatever, come back, cook dinner. By the time 8.30s come around, if, if they're not already in bed, they are done. They don't want to sit down and research and look, go down a, a, a whole rabbit hole of, of, um, of, of, of investigation. Um, so they rely on a mainstream news uh, adv fix. advice, you know, and they don't have the time to look into it themselves, and that's really unfortunate. But you know, it's 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 it's, it's our life, you know, and and I don't begrudge that on anyone because you know people are just living and getting by as best they can. We are fortunate in the lives that we live and the careers that we've chosen that we do have time to sit down and 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 study things. But then, then I think to myself, well, you know, I, I drive to work half an hour a day and then half an hour home. That's my research time. So I'll, I'll find a, a podcast or something that, will, that I've, I'm interested in or that I might find will, will help something related to my health and I'll sit down and I'll listen to it. And if I have to go back and listen to it again and take notes, I will. So I really, really think the, the individual needs to empower themselves 
um, when it comes to their health. You and know. the information is out there, like you say. It is, yep. Sitting in a car is dead time. It is. You know, you're listening to commercial radio, which is oh, the worst. I can't, right? can't do it. 30 minutes listening to a podcast, important? getting some information. Sorry, Mickey, you go. Is, is that not a great message to not only pass on to the listeners but also to our own children, guys, that, you know, no one will care about your individual health as much as you. So, therefore, the most important person in your life is not anyone else. It's you. And, you know, this notion of not having time, well, you've just disproved it, Rooster, because, you know, you have 30 minutes getting to and from work. Most people have a period of time where they are traveling to some capacity. And I think that, you know, it's just about about making it a priority. You know, we only get one shot at this. And what we're seeing, um, and one of the topics I know we'll, we'll get to over the journey is this um, epidemic of, of illness that's sweeping sweeping the globe, you know, uh, whether it be autoimmune disease, whether it be, you know, the, the rates of cancer, mental health, whatever it is. Um, and I think that if that doesn't articulate to people that they need to prioritise themselves, no one is going to – no one cares. Yeah, it's on you. That's right. So – um, you know, you just have to make time for yourself. And I know that's something we've all passionately done. Yeah. Yeah. I think also the problem is where are you getting your information from? If you use that half an hour drive, as as Rooster used as an example, if you get that from the mainstream media, uh, in Australia at least, the messaging is not around ancestral natural health. Getting back to what we were. At yep. all. El Salvador did an amazing trailer when COVID came out and it was all around natural health and lifestyle. They recommended sunlight. They recommended exercise, weight loss, eating high-quality food, engaging with the community and basically getting out there and moving. And we're just not hearing that over here. So I think you have to be very discerning in where you're getting your information from. And if you're not, then maybe you're not getting the right message or at least not in our opinion, Yeah, you're going to get a very skewed message. Yeah, and, and, and mainstream media does have, have a, a negative influence. I've been keeping an eye out on the telly, um, you know, on the odd chance that I'm, I'm skipping through something, uh, say the, watching the footy or, or something and there's some ads on TV. There, there are some ads there that are promoting, you know, um, less less fast foods, whatever, to reduce your... Yeah, you know, your, your, your fat um, build up and visceral that sort fat, of things, yep. visceral fat. There are some things, but I just think that where they fall down is when there's a, a narrative behind or an agenda behind something. So that example there of an, of an El Salvador ad, you know, maybe that government didn't have an agenda to pump out, you know, a certain medication to its uh, population uh, that other governments have had. So, therefore, the mainstream media were able to offer something against uh, a, a Western sort of narrative, you know, um, for want of a better, better term. But, yeah, the mainstream media, yeah, it's imperative for people to dig deep and find other sources of information other than what they get on mainstream radio and the, and the telly. 
Is it is it because people are sorry, Mick? Is it because people are time poor? You know, we we did talk about it. We could use that thirty minutes in the car to get some some more information. Um, like everything, do we want a quick fix? Do we want to go on the mainstream media and listen to, you know, Sunrise tell us what's what the issues are, and then go, okay, cool, I'm happy with that. I'll go away and I I go to you know. Go to work, nine to five, come home. It's yeah. all, you know, quick fix. It's convenience. Convenience. Mainstream is media word. is convenient. Yeah. You know, you, you get having breakfast in the morning, you chuck on the telly or you chuck on the radio and there's a convenience straight away, boom. Probably another takeaway would be look past the mainstream, look at some alternative therapies, dig a little bit deeper, do some more research for yourself. Sorry, Mickey, I'll cut you off there, mate. Off you go. I think one of the major, um, if we look at the media and one of the campaigns that was that was driven through COVID, it's a great example of what you're talking about, Ruth. And it was it was the you know the the major campaign across all networks. Uh, not that I watch network TV very often, but I did see this, uh, and it was I'm getting the vaccine for this person. I'm getting the vaccine. You know, I'm getting the vaccine for my neighbour. I'm getting the vaccine for my grandfather. Well. You know, if we just take a moment just just to calm ourselves down and just actually think through that process, it doesn't actually make any sense. You know, and and it makes about as much sense as me wearing protection to stop one of your wives falling pregnant. That's about how (laughs) much sense it makes. You know, I don't wear a condom. So that you're, you're, you know, you're, you're having a sexual liaison with your wives and they don't get pregnant. I don't get a vaccine. It has absolutely no bearing at all on someone else getting sick. It yeah. does. It never made sense. But all of these people passionately invested in this um, process. They thought they were doing the right thing. And a little bit of research, you know, like we've all said, just a little bit of research into you know, into virology, epidemiology, you know, just look into the fact that, okay, if I get this vaccine, am I keeping myself safe? Potentially. If I get this vaccine, am I actually keeping my neighbour safe? Absolutely not. And that's something I struggled with. I think that was a really a really questionable marketing campaign that, that certainly swept a lot of people in our country. And I'm interested to get your thoughts on that as well, guys. Oh, mate, it was a brainwashing technique, really, wasn't it? It was, you know, prey upon people's emotions of of helping and protecting others to to just quantify a decision uh, that that was questionable, that that could be questionable, depending on what stance you take on it all. You know, um, taking it back to the ancestral man, you know. It just seems to be a modern, um, a modern uh, society uh, hang-up on killing everything. So killing germs and bacteria and things like this. And, and, and going back to our ancestral man, ancestral man lived with parasites and germs and disease. You know, we, we, we just seem to be distancing ourselves away from that. And, I mean, we can talk about uh, in later um, podcasts our, our, our Gut health, a natural um, biome. That that has, where has that gone from our ancestral um, sort of health? You know, and 
how, how has all the food and the chemicals and pollutants that we absorb affected that and then therefore affected our, our health and you know, d- definitely our mental health? I'm glad you went to... Is Chris putting his brain wipe away there or...? <laughs> I'm glad you went to diet, that's uh, David. Because um, I think that is probably one of the major, major issues we have currently. And we, and we briefly touched on processed foods there, but... Getting back to what would be more of an ancestral, call it whatever you'd like, paleo diet. Um, Mickey can touch on on his dietary choices. <laughs> choices, that's a good one. Um, but you know, whatever whatever sort of makes you thrive. But if you look at what we're eating now, it is it is far from what ancestral man would have eaten. We talk about sort of eating a good you know, range of natural, organic sort of things, we're not doing that anymore. We're finding a quick fix, processed food solution. Everything has yeah. seed oils in it. And I guess maybe one of the takeaways that I would suggest from today's episode is reduce or get rid of your seed oils. Mm. Vegetable oils, canola, safflower, corn, soy, any one of those – uh, a real issue that cause a lot of oxidative stress. I mean, you're talking about diet there. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. But also c- cooking methods. Cooking methods. A lot of people just chuck on the old uh, canola oil on the fry pan, heat it up. Vegetable You know, oil. that, that uh, the carcinogen effect of, of heating those sort of oils. Get yep. it up to its smoke point. Yep. Yep. smoke point. Yep. I guess we can add it to the show notes, but one, one thing that really changed or opened my eyes was a video of how canola oil was made. Probably, I don't know, it might have been sort of 20, 20 years ago, but the, the, the voiceover man was a real, he's really gaslighting everyone saying, look at, look at how good this is. We are heating this, um, treating it with these lovely chemicals and look at the waste that comes out of this and the beautiful oil that you get at the end of it. And it, it is horrendous. Mm. It put me off eating those oils ever again. Um, and, and they're found in just about everything. Everything that's processed has vegetable oils, seed oils in it. Salad dressing, sauces, muesli bars. Just we talked about it earlier. It's it's cheap and easy. But one of the things that really first opened my eyes was, you know, the abundance of this product is everywhere, but it's really damaging to our health. It yes, significant oxidative damage already from these oils. And then we talk about you heat them up. And it makes them even worse. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think the only way you can get away from this, like you mentioned, it's really in everything, uh, is to eat unprocessed food. Yes. Eat fresh, natural food. Yep. As close to the source as you can. Yeah. Because these, these omega-6 fatty acids, absolutely terrible, like yep. you said. They're so pro-inflammatory. And we're living in a society now where everyone is probably more inflamed than they need to be. Yeah. And this – we'll probably do a podcast on it one day, but if you look at your omega-3, omega-6 ratio – we're nowhere near where we need to be and where ancestral man yeah, would have been back in yeah. the day. So, yeah, the solution is eat good quality fresh food. Yeah, Nothing out of a packet. Yeah, No, mm. as little as possible. Yeah. And the reason why I bring up seed oils is because if you look at the ingredients in just about everything, if you were to remove seed oils, what you come back to is natural organic foods. And that's all the choice that you have if you're eliminating these seed oils. You get rid of them, 
that's all, that's that's the choice you have. So one easy option is to look at the vegetable, uh, the vegetable, the ingredients list, and if vegetable oils are in there, you don't eat it. Mm. You know, it, it there's significant disruption to hormones, the immune system. Uh, there's links to, and like you said, we could talk about it in the future. Skin damage. So the amount of vegetable oil that you have, if you then go out in the sun, the sun is harsher and burns you more. Yes. And there's also links to the increase in, in heart disease because, um, and we'll probably touch on this further down the track and cholesterol and LDL, but, but, but one of the theories is because of the oxidative damage that these oils are causing, you know, the macrophages, which are the the immune system cells that come in and clean things up, if there's damage in arteries, those come in, fix things up and leave the plaque or leave a scar and, and that's causing the, the, the heart disease. So, and, and we talked about sort of 1950s, you kind of look at the time that these came in. Are, are they reducing testosterone or is this the major cause of a lot of health issues? Um, the decline in health from sort of 1950, 1940s, 50s onwards, you know, you could make the correlation that processed foods are the cause. And is that around the same time that uh, food production became an industry? Yes. You know, where... Wrapped in plastic. And, uh, yeah, yep. exactly. Yes. So mass production of food, um, you know, after World War Two. Yep. And, and you, you, sort of get the, you sort of get the feeling that we're being fed shit in order to kill us, you know what I mean? I, 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 it's a whole cycle. It feels like yeah. that, doesn't it? Yeah, like society is being fed, fed crap food, unnutritious. Is that a word? Unnutritious food, which is making us to sick. make us sick. Which relies which on the therefore provides the medical fraternity or the pharmaceutical company to thrive. Uh, it's this constant uh, cycle of uh, ill health. Yep. That seems to be perpetuated in you know, Western society, anyway. Yeah, it's definitely concerning, mate. And you know, a lot of the the you mentioned, Smitty, the um, you know chronic illnesses that we suffer today, you know, pro- weren't probably around back in you know those nineteen thirties, twenties, or those sort of those sort of eras. It's a, it's it's a lot. Yeah, the whole f- food manufacturing business. It just seems to put profits. Before health, that's how, how I see it. But you know, and here we are, a little bit negative on, on this. But on a positive, there are a lot of people waking up to it. You know, there are a lot of people, and we can talk about this. And Mick, you can um, vouch for it. Having an, an alternative um, nutrition plan, or, or a diet, for want of a better word. You know, there are so many different nutrition plans out there. Your ketos, your paleos, your um, your uh, carnivorous um, diet and that sort of thing. There are so many options there to try. Uh, sometimes it's just a process of elimination, giving each one a go. And what works for you. What, what works you for you. Thrive, yes. Yeah, but, but I think just the, the basic thread amongst a lot of them are the removal of processed foods and complex carbohydrates. Yep. Whether it be your paleo, your high fat and, and sort of pro, high protein diets and things like that or – those there seems to be a common theme amongst them where processed food's gone and yeah you can get dogmatic about all the different approaches or you can go with what works and what seems to be working or it seems to work for me is reducing those processed foods 
Yeah, and I mean, Mick, you've you've um, gone down a paleo uh, track. Tell us about how you got into that, and and how like you're you're a triathlete or an ex triathlete. How how did that decision to go paleo affect your performance? Did it affect any other part of your life? Performance on the track, I mean. <laughs> I'll pull you up there. I didn't go paleo. I went plant based. I reckon you've said that just to stitch me up. But um, <laughs> yeah, look. Um, we, uh, uh, as a family, and I think chronic health will be something, um, or chronic illness will be something we'll explore, you know, in much more detail. But um, a little over five years ago, uh, we were confronted by a fairly challenging life experience when um, my wife was diagnosed with late stage cancer. At the same time, we we had our little, um, our second child. And so we we dived headfirst into uh, holistic health, and and one of the things we explored was um, a, a change in nutrition, uh, moving towards a plant based diet, uh, and and a lot of the um, you know the, the benefits that came with that in terms of reducing um, acidity within the body and, and just providing I guess and an optimum um, base point for, for the body to, to heal itself. Uh, you know, we're now five and a half, five and a half odd years down the line, thank God. And, um, you know, my wife's absolutely thrived. Uh, she's, she's, she has defied the odds, uh, absolutely. And, you know, we have a really strong belief around, um, around that plant-based nutrition and, and it being a, a you know a, a great sounding board for people to to heal I think I think the one takeaway or you know bringing it positive you know bringing that positive spin to it which we really want to do is what I've always been really clear on is that you know this vessel that we're living within is the most amazing computer that, that that we can ever you know explore or investigate, and it is strategically designed to return to balance and homeostasis, and 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 that like we were saying earlier, that's just about you actually having the you know some self responsibility and doing some exp- exploration. But the body is always giving you messages; it's always giving you signs and signals, and you can return to health from anything. That is my belief. You know, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Her odds of surviving two years were between nine and twenty-one percent. And you know, through a, through a variety of methods, but certainly nutrition played an integral part. Um, you know, with God's grace, we're here five and a half years down the line. So the body's amazing, guys, and I know we all agree with that. You know, it's always talking to you. It's always telling you what it needs. Like you said earlier, Rusto, you know, your your instincts were to get out in the sun, you know, to get some vitamin D when you were feeling sick. And I think sometimes we just turn away from listening to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to uh, label you with the wrong uh, diet plan there, mate. Uh, I know it's uh, a plant-based, more, more vegan, do you call it vegan? A vegan style? Yeah, look, uh, yeah, vegan, vegan. Plant-based, yep. you know, I try not to attach to the labels. Yeah, but and going back to that question about, um, you know, your, your training performance, you know, and, and your your uh, consumption of protein and stuff like that, how, how did you go about ensuring that that was maintained? Well, look, I mean, I stopped 
I, at the time that um, she fell ill, uh, I, I stopped racing at our level pretty much at the exact same time, just by necessity. But um, you know, I, I still exercise, you know, pretty stringently daily. Uh, I push myself. I still like to push myself. It has been a balance. Uh, obviously, it was something that. Yeah, we hadn't explored a lot about and getting that right balance of, of you know, the macro, macronutrients, proteins, carbohydrates, fat, good fats and things like that was has been something we've really had to play with. But, uh, you know, that probably wasn't something we explored too much prior to eating this way either. So we, uh, you know, we've got two young kids. They eat, they're obviously plant-based eaters as well. So we're quite vigilant with, with, um, having, having their bloods checked regularly to make sure that their iron stores are where they need to be and things like that. And, and we're not rigid guys. You know, we, we have dialogue regularly about, you know, do we see a point or if I felt a necessity to have some fish or um, some red meat or something like that, if my body was telling me I needed it, I would do it. Um, so I think having that flexibility, not being rigid in your thought processes is also really important. Yeah, definitely agree. Some people just get so hooked on following a... a Dogmatic. A, a, yeah, to, yeah, to the, to the do, nth degree, you know, they just get... Yeah, so stringent and, and and lose that flexibility, even to the point of enjoying life. You know, every now and then a, a chockey or a beer doesn't hurt. You know, it's um just it's all um, percentages. As the, as long as the the greater percentage of your life is living in a healthy healthy way, you can in input it with a little bit of a little bit of flavour. Yeah, I think it's about being consistent. Absolutely, you just want that overall consistency. Yep. Don't worry about a few little ups and downs here and there. I, I wanted to circle back to, I wrote it down here. Um, I don't know if this is what you might've been alluding to. Smithy was sort of um, the, the, the mental aspect and possibly the breakdown of the tribe as in, you know, um, we don't have that connection to people as much anymore as the ancestral man. You know, we were sat down at the end of the day with our hunt and celebrated yeah. Celebrated with our tribe. Sit yep. down in front of the fire. Danced, danced, sang, sang, talked. You know, probably talked some shit. Yep. Well, you um, probably even consumed some, um, some uh, hallucinogenic. <laughs> uh, so maybe maybe the, yeah, on the hunt, they were substances. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Which created you know a lot of um, thoughts, neural pathways. Yeah, yeah, things that we still sort of consider today, like gods and stars and. And things like that, yeah. you know. But having having that community and that trust in those amount of people probably helped their mental state. And is it possible that we've lost a little bit of that these days? I, I, I reckon, mate, and I reckon that the word tribe, I, 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 can, I see it as a negative and a positive word in today's society. I think the positive side of a tribe is – is what you're talking about is being together with people you love um, and and sh- and talking and and having that sense of community, uh, eating together, exercising together, talking together, celebrating together, those sort of things. I think what's happened in recent times is there's a, a tribal shift has become where I belong to a tribe, and your tribe doesn't matter to I me don't anymore. Like your tribe, so it's yes. become a tribe right v tribe yeah. thing, you know, and that to me, I think, has also been a breakdown 
of that tribal concept, mm. you know, where we're now seeing or identifying certain tribes based on certain beliefs and, a, and, a, and an ignorance or a, a unwillingness to look at the other tribe. Exactly. Yep. 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 Do you think this is driven uh, by technology? So yes. if we go back one generation, we really interacted face-to-face or maybe over the telephone. Totally. Now I feel like a lot of our interaction is uh, on social media platforms or things like that. And I think it's changed the nature of how we interact. Yeah. And yep. I think it's probably increased our uh, tribalism, for want of a better word, uh, possibly in a negative way. So, so I feel like sometimes people are at home now and they're spending a large amount of time on a device with activities that they would define as socialising. Yeah. But maybe it's uh, a lot less healthy in the way we're actually doing it because we probably tend to interact a little differently when the person's not in the room with you, perhaps something that we write on a keyboard uh, or we type on our phone, uh, maybe misconstrued. And I think it is breeding loneliness in a way, even though we are interacting, we don't have direct human interaction. And so people are in a way desperate to attach themselves to a tribe. Totally, un- totally agree with and you, they'll mate. absolutely just uh, take on some of that sort of dogmatic tribal approach where they want to belong with this tribe Therefore, they'll take on all of that tribe's beliefs when maybe really their belief system is somewhere in the middle and we've sort of lost the art of debate now where we're really just uh, – we're almost attacking each other rather than talking things through, which which I think if you're in a room with someone, you'll be more likely to do. Yeah, definitely. And and by social media and, and I think Joe Rogan talks about, uh, talks about this a lot on his podcast is that via social media communication, we're not picking up those visual cues – on a person's face, their expressions, when we are communicating with them. So we might be aggressively communicating with someone on on a social media thing, uh, platform, but we're not seeing when that person receives that message how that's affecting them by because we can't see their face. We can't see the pain. We can't see the anger. We can't see the sadness in their face. So I totally agree with what you're saying there. We've We've become so distant from recognising each other's human behaviour, um, you know, and it's crazy. Like, I'll be sitting on the couch with my missus and we'll both be on our phones. And I think to myself, I should be talking to you, not sitting here talking shit yeah. on a social media platform that's probably corrupting my mind. Um, I should be here bonding with you, yeah. talking shit with you. doesn't yeah. matter what we're talking about. Interacting. Interacting, you know, and look, and facing you and looking into your face in your eyes and communicating that way. And you know, even my kids, you know, the kids have their, their friends over to play. I will go into their bedroom and they're both sitting on the bed and the, the girls got their phones in, in their hand and they're, they're actually talking to each other with other friends in the same room but not verbally by a, a social media Text, platform. Yeah. You know, and my my young bloke, he he plays video games with his mates. And back in the day, when we rode over our friend's house, knocked on his mum and dad's door and said, "Is uh, is Johnny able to play?" Yeah, 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 cool. So and you go out and ride your bike till five thirty. You know, but now the kids, they get onto uh, Fortnite or whatever games being played. You know, and and they can actually put the headphones on like we are now, and they can communicate and play with each other from different suburbs. Yeah, and that is their meeting um, sort of forum now, you know, and I I guess for them it's a natural part of life. But for us that grew up, well, I definitely, I'm so glad that I grew up in a time where there was no internet. Mm. I I, I can, I know life before internet. 
to me, I find it hard to deal with this whole social media and what you're talking about, Smitty, that the, the, the lack of connection with people. And, and I think, you know, we touched on mental health before and I totally agree. I think I, I, I can recall there have been studies where people, they've done studies on people's loneliness and the concept of loneliness, the percentages within the population has, has maximised, you know, in, in recent years. We are so much more connected but we are now so much more lonely. That blows me away. Is that a part of the issue for kids, do you think, um, guys, that uh, I love that example, uh, Rue, that you gave of, of uh, you know, when we were kids, I reckon I would have clocked up 30 or 40 kilometres a day on me on me bloody bashed up mountain bike getting to me mate's house. And 30 kilometres a day? <laughs> I was a fair athlete, Christopher. Uh, but as long as I was as long as I was home by six, um, you know, and I was there for a family meal with my parents, um, that that was okay. But but in terms of what you said, the example I love it was was you went to your mate's house, you knocked on the door, you actually had to have an interaction with an adult. Yeah, that's, right? that's another thing where you where you conversed and you asked a question and you received an answer and you were, you, you learnt about manners and a lot of these values that were instilled in us. Kids yeah. don't have to do that these days. That's right, you know? yeah, And I yeah, think and, that yeah, sorry. they're not developing that resilience, you know. They're not developing this ability to, to have communication on a level that we had it. Uh, and, and I think that's a big part of the issue that, that a lot of the kids are having. They're overwhelmed with social media, they're they're addicted to it and they love it clearly, but it's so overwhelming for them. Yeah, I th- yeah. do you think every generation has this issue? I think our parents would have said the same thing. I think so. Oh, this Super Nintendo, this Atari, <laughs> this is this is going to be the death of these kids, you know? Even but radio or telephone, yeah, the television. Well, sure oh, these kids are just sitting in yeah, front the of the television. Was a big one. Yeah. I, I yeah. think every generation has has an issue. That comes up like this, yeah. But you know, this this one seems to be a lot bigger, doesn't it? I, mean, I, I how, guess it's and just how do you fix it? Yeah, I, I guess this you this one is cycle. just its infiltration into our human basic communication. Well, it's, it's everywhere, isn't it? You you, yep, can, you can't get around it, and and it is stunting our ability to connect with other people. If I, I talked about in my intro being um, a teacher, an educator, I do some adult learning stuff. If I was to say. I do, I do my thing. Okay, uh, we've had 45 minutes. It's time for a break. The first thing people do is phones out. Yeah. And there's 20 people in a classroom sitting there with their phone out and you're thinking, crazy. It's crazy. You know what? I'm going back to a flip phone. I'm done with it. I went to a shop, the shop the other day and looked at buying an old flip phone. I think apparently you chuck your SIM card in. It just gives you phone calls and SMS. If it still runs on 4G, does that still mean it's because you can't have internet on it? There's no internet sort of option. It's just a phone, a phone and an SMS. It, it makes its calls based on 4G. Does that mean that it's still like connected, like GPS wise? Can can I still be tracked? Probably. Right. Yeah. That might be a topic for another episode, and we can dig into. <sighs> Technology, phones. Yeah. EMF. But EMF, wow, yeah. 5G. All of oh. it. But also, yeah. Jonesy, getting back to your uh, statement before around technology, I think the other difference now is that it's, it's absolutely 
we're available 24-7. We have no break now. I remember when I was a kid, you wouldn't ring a friend's house on the landline after a certain time. Yeah. You wouldn't no. go calling your friend at 9.30 at night. Yeah. No. Because well, I, it would just be rude. So the family would have that evening yeah. really uninterrupted. And that would be family time. Of course, they would probably would have watched some television. Yeah. But really now, even kids are getting bombarded by social media. Maybe they have a hard time at school. When we were kids, maybe once they got home, at least they got some relief from it. And maybe yeah. that's why youth mental health is suffering so much now because it's unrelenting because they might get home now and they might be copying an even worse time through social media channels, yeah. Facebook even, and all your other yeah. platforms. Even people for work, you're still contactable. People can still flick you a message about work at 8.30 at night and you get an email and you, and you kind of have to respond to it. I, I remember uh, when I was first courting my wife back in the day, <laughs> you'd have to, I'd have to ring – and I'd get her parents, like you were talking about, you'd ring them up and you'd go, hello, is, no, she's out. Okay, can you leave a message that Chris rang? And then you might not hear from them for two or three, you know, yeah. a day. Yeah. You know, but you also, going back to what Mick said, you would have picked up the phone and said, hello, Mrs. Smith. Yes, you would have used that. No, yeah. these days yeah. kids don't call you Mrs. or no. Mr. You are Dave or you are um, Bob or your gym, you know, yeah. you, they go by your first name now. Or maybe even no name. Just, hey, is yeah. so-and-so yeah. here? Can they play? Yeah. yeah. You know, I went to um, a, a mate's funeral uh, a couple of weeks back and uh, he's, he's – sorry, not a mate's – a mate's father's funeral. So his dad died. So his mum's there and uh, I went and saw her and I gave her a, cut, a hug and, you know, sort of known her since uh, we were young blokes and um, I called her Mrs. So-and-so. I still do that, yeah. And, uh, and one of the other boys standing next to her said, see, Mrs. So-and-so, here's another one. And she goes, oh, yeah, another one who calls me by Mrs. So-and-so. And, and it just showed uh, how, like, this old school mentality of, of acknowledging someone as a Mr. or Mrs. is still quite so important for that older generation. Mm. And, and to me it's important. It was important. But now I think it's been watered down so much now that I just... Do you think they would have pulled us up on it? Oh, for sure. You know, if, if you didn't use Mrs. Jones or whatever it was they would, and you'd said, G'day, Catherine, yep. they would have said, it's Mrs. Jones. Whereas we don't do that now. We're kind of, we let it slide. We, we did let it slide and maybe that's what we should have done. Say, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. no, I'm Mr. Mr. So-and-so to you. All right, you know your place... In this house, you know. Jeez, <laughs> we're sounding old now, lads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? There's there's old common decency and 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 values and manners. Mm. Does that need to to go in a modern society? I, I think don't, it sort of I ties in so. with this uh, different generational use of yeah. technology and all the societal impacts that it has. Yeah, yeah. you know, and if we take it back again to the ancestral man. You know, the little whippersnappers around the, the cave, yep. you know, they would have had respect for their elders. And, and those elder old cavemen or the ancestral men, they would have been so valued for their, their knowledge and their wisdom. Storytelling. You know, story. Yeah, exactly. Passing, you know, down, passing down of cultures of, and that sort of thing. Now we just throw them in a home and say, oh, I'll go and see them on the weekend. And then, so, you know. So what you're saying is us old fellas don't get the respect we deserve. <laughs> Well, our storyteller now is mainstream media. Mm. And unfortunately, uh, mainstream media uh, can be paid for, can be bought. Yep. So yeah. if you have enough money, uh, you can really put out the message that you want. 
yeah. modern ma- the everyday man obviously is not going to have enough money to pay to put out a message. But if you're a corporation, yep, maybe your message is to eat my product, drink my product, use my product. Yep, it's not necessarily the best for us. I was reading something from McCola having this morning that he was saying there's there's about a dozen companies in the world that control most of the food production. Wow. Imagine the power that they have. Yeah. Mainstream media, they've got... Yeah. Well, the message I'd like to put out there today is that we can all take charge of our own food production in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, everyone has a different ability to be able to produce food based on where you live and the sort of geographical area you're in and your space constraints. But I'd encourage everyone to just try and grow just one item if you can. Something, yeah. Even whether it's just a herb Mm. or just a basic tomato plant or just some sort of natural food, get your hands dirty, put your hands in soil, get in contact with nature, have a living mm. plant inside or around your home, tend for it. Uh, it's a good way to spend time yeah. and it's the best food you'll ever eat. Yeah. Some some plants are really good at detoxifying. Absolutely. Um, yeah, mother's tongue, you can have that in your house. It's getting rid of toxins. Milk thistle. Yeah, but uh, even even herbs, even if you're living in an apartment, you can have a little herb garden on your ledge and tend to that. Have we uh, still got Mick? Yeah, got you there. Got you guys. Okay, mate. Yeah, definitely. The home um, home vegetable growing, food growing and, and food provision, I think is becoming uh, – it's getting a big push, mate, at, uh, today. Yeah, with I, with people becoming aware of things like you just mentioned there about the, the you know the food production being held by whatever percentage of of, uh, of corporations and and, uh, and and that provision of of processed foods, people are thinking, well, I'm going to start prov- providing for my own. Yeah, and even if you don't have the ability to do that, there are that many farmers markets in cities these days yeah. that you can go and get your fresh produce. You can get your fruit, your veggies, your meat. <laughs> Even if sort of whatever, whatever you need, you you can you can get, yeah. And you don't need to rely on big corporations to get your food because it's highly processed. Yeah. You get back to that processed food stuff. I think that became quite uh, apparent in the whole um, COVID lockdown thing. You know, where your big corporations, including your food providers, ah. Uh, had 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 big budgets and, and and massive profits where your smaller independent growers and and food providers be struggled yeah but well they were locked down they couldn't they couldn't get you some you couldn't even get to a farmer's market during covid that's right it's crazy but i think people have have woken up to it a little bit they, you know they've seen oh hang on why why can the doors at yeah. a big supermarket here be open and why can't i go to my growers market what what's what's going on here so people are starting to look at, well, okay, well maybe, I, maybe I need to just give the corporates a miss. Maybe I need to support my local grower. Maybe this is one of the big positives that's come out of the last couple of years uh, with COVID and all the things we've been through with lockdowns and poor health. Maybe one of the biggest benefits will be uh, people's realisation that we can, well, well, one, we should take control of our own health. Uh, and two, one of the ways to do that is through uh, eating better and perhaps producing some of our own food. I totally agree, mate. I reckon there's an awakening. Yeah. There is an awakening amongst society, particularly Western society, that that things need to change. Yeah. And I think that what Smithy said there, that's probably a good takeaway 
sort of I've, I've written sort of three takeaways from, from what we've we're sort of getting a bit long in the tooth now of how long we wanted to go for. But um, sort of the, the three takeaways that I've written down here is sort of um, Mickey talked about it. Take responsibility for your own health. And, and that means getting out, moving more, look at what you eat. I guess number two would sort of be get rid of our processed foods. And yep. I, I talked about seed oils. So if you wanted to start there, removing seed oils from your diet is a good start because seed oils, vegetable oils are in pretty much every processed food. So if you remove those, we've got two there. And then I, th- I think the third one was listening to your body, getting out in the sun, what you eat, moving more. Uh, I did a little sprint workout this morning. I, I got in the pool, it was freezing cold. I felt good. So those kind of things when I'm when you're active and you and you're moving around, I think listening to your body and being able to interpret what it's telling you. Intuitive is what ancestral man would have been. I think sort of their kind of three three takeaways from today's podcast. Yeah, I think if we're going to wrap things up, you know, it's um we've we've covered a broad sort of haven't gone into too much detail on things and we've mm. done that for a reason because we've got a lot of ideas that we want to express. Uh, we've got a lot, plenty of other, other podcasts that we can do in the future that we really want to nut some things out on. Mm. Uh, so, Give yeah. a broad overview to everyone of sort of, of what we're about and I think we've Yeah, I hope people that. haven't found it too sort of tedious but, you know, we, we're sort of on the same page with regards to a lot of our health, health ideas and uh, we just, yeah. We want, to, we want to get the message out there. I, th- I think we've sort of all stumbled upon uh, a health approach that works for us and, and getting it out there. I was actually listening to – I don't know if you guys have seen The Liver King too much. Probably not Mickey Mack because he's a vegan. But The Liver King, said, he, he said in the podcast I was listening to, if I didn't get this information out to people, I would be a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, which I guess it, it means, yeah, look, I know this stuff and, and I probably should be getting it out to people because – uh, and, and if I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing, I'm not doing the people out there or of the community a service because I know this stuff. I've looked into it. Yeah, well that's um, that's a good point to finish up on. Yeah, I think that's a great spot any, to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Mick, do you want to finish with anything? No, good stuff, guys. Looking forward to the podcast to come. Beautiful. Good work, team. 